Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. It's been a while since our last pod, but what better way to bring it back than with the one and only Darius Baisley. That's right. We're catching up with Bays on today's episode, what he's been up to for the past three weeks, his growth through his rookie season, and what inspired him to register to vote. All of this in today's Thunder Basketball Universe. Joining us for the second time on the podcast, we have Darius Baisley. Darius, thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to catch up with you, man. Yeah, it's been a while. First things first, it's been a good minute since we've been able to talk to you. How are you doing? What have you been up to? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I've just been um, trying to get situated. I try to get my house together and working out early off season has begun yeah we were wanting to ask you uh, you have a, a new house in okc uh what, what how's that process been uh trying to get all situated there yeah I, I got a new house in okc um i i don't ask where it is because i don't know um i still don't know oklahoma that well i'm still like i use gps to get everywhere um but it's been cool i guess i'm just waiting till i can move in I remember my first year in OKC Bays, it was to the practice facility and the arena and back home. And that was basically it. So yeah, I totally my, understand getting the lay of the land. To the airport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's my, uh, that's my little travel route. I don't know. Those are the only places I know how to get without GPS. Yeah. Don't feel bad. I've been here for going on what 53 weeks here, a full year here. And I still use GPS to get everywhere. Everything's still 15 minutes away, still figuring it out, but new house. Are you trying to, you know, get some design ideas or, you know, some decor, getting things situated? Uh, all that, all that. I mean, all that's pretty, it's, it's taken care of. It's more so just like, I don't know, like laying down like wood in the house, I guess. Mm. It's just, it's house stuff. I don't know. So I'm just going to work out and then when it's ready, it's ready. Yeah. How much, uh, how much basketball are you watching right now? I mean, I know you were, you had a long rookie season. Uh, are you watching the playoffs? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm watching every game that comes on. In fact, it was a, a great game last night uh, with the heat and Celtics. Yeah. What, what do you think of these series uh, so far? They've been really pretty fascinating. They have been, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have been ex- – uh, the teams that were expected to be, you know, in, in some place of where some teams are now. Um, so it's kind of been a little bit of a, of a shakeup, but it's been, you know, nonetheless, like it's a good basketball. You know what I mean? Like because certain teams didn't advance, like it, it, the, the quality of basketball hasn't dropped or anything like that. Like obviously, I mean, these teams are good. Um, so, I mean, it's been, it's been good to watch and it's been fun. Just, I guess, you know, for me, when I watch it, just like trying to imagine myself in that, you know, scenario. Yeah. And you were in their same shoes a, a short while ago, still in Orlando playing basketball. From your perspective, you've had about, you know, three weeks now at home. Have you had some time to just kind of sit and think, wow, look how far I've come since being drafted in June and then, you know, training camp first practice to where you are now, not just from a basketball standpoint, but, you know, as a human being. Uh, 
I mean, I've had time, but I don't do it. You know, I'd like, I don't ever think about it until these kind of questions pop up. And then I kind of do think back like, wow, you know, the year has gone by pretty fast, you know, since like summer league to now, like when I first got to OKC. Um, but yeah, it has been, it's gone by so fast, but it's, it's been a long time. And through that time, my first year, I've experienced like so much of a little bit of everything and everything means everything. Like it's, it's been crazy. Before we had you on, we were talking about that base, just like what you experienced in the, your rookie year of 2019, 20 compared to most normal rookie years is just ridiculous. Do you and, and any of the other rookies that like Lou or, or somebody like that, do, have you, have you talked about, just kind of maybe how strange or different this, this rookie year has been for you? Uh, no, just maybe as me and Lou were going through it, you know, we might have said something like, you know, dang, this is crazy. But it hasn't been anything to where, you know, we reflected like, you know, crazy and just, and just sat down and talked about it. You know what I mean? Like like two old men on a porch, you know, just reminiscing on, on, on their on – their, Back in the day, life, me and Lou haven't done anything like that, no. But, I mean, like I said, in the moment, you know, it might have been a time or two where we were like, you know, this is crazy. This was Paris's rookie year, too. I was what just you about to this? say, yeah, this was my first year, too. And really? I joke, yeah, I joke that, you know, this first year in the NBA really feels like five for me. I feel like I have five years of experience now after going yeah. through everything that we've gone through in this season, particularly I'm wondering if you kind of feel that same way too of like, you know, I should never, you know, this, this wasn't a rookie year for me. This was my rookie and sophomore year. Uh, no, it, def, it, de- it definitely was my rookie year. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. It just, it, no one ever, like no one's seen any of this stuff coming, you know? And so for me, I just, I don't know. It's, it is crazy. It, it almost felt a bit of a sophomore year, like when it came to the basketball side, because you know we had like three months off, and you know just hearing like that's a typical off season. Um, so coming in, I guess you could say, you know, it, it kind of felt like you know a second year for me, even though it's still obviously my first. Um, so in that in that sense, yeah, it felt like a second year. But just going through all of this. You know, it's just, hmm, I don't really know what to think of it all. Yeah, well, you mentioned the basketball side and having that offseason. I mean, you know, obviously on the court what you did, but the, the numbers speak too. you know, 13 and six in the eight seeding games and you're playing, you know, about 18 minutes a game in the playoffs. Did you feel yourself make a little bit of a jump uh, just in terms of either your confidence or just your skill level and, and comfort out there on the floor between the, you know, March 11th and then getting into the bubble. Yeah, I did. I did a little bit. Um, and me and, uh, Chris, Dennis, Trey, like we all were sitting around, um, and we all were just talking like, you know, uh, like before the pandemic happened and then afterwards, and how much, you know, like they noticed, you know, it was just like a big change. You know what I mean? And, and for myself, 
no, it, it kind of was a big change because during that time I had a lot of time to just, you know, it was it was kind of almost like, I mean, I don't know, I, I, like, like an off-season basically, you know, and I just, you know, got to work on my jump shot more. Um, I mean, because I was already injured. And then, you know, this whole thing happened. I was just about to come back. Then this whole thing happened. And then, um, you know, so it just gave me a lot of time to just really, like, focus on my body, you know, and, and you know, tweak, like, little things with my jump shot and stuff. Um, so coming into it, um, I definitely had a little bit more confidence. Um, and I was a lot more, like, settled in, I guess you could say. Another thing that really stuck out, and it was a big point of conversation, was just how much stronger you got. And, you know, it was something that, you know, the coaches noticed and your fellow teammates noticed as well. But for people who don't play basketball and might not have that full understanding, what does that added strength do when it comes to your mentality on the court? Uh, that, that added strength is almost like um... – I'm trying to find a way where I can where I could put it for someone. But I mean the the added strength it, it does help a lot, you know, with your confidence just knowing, you know, that you can just, you know, like be able to drive and take the bump, um, you know, and play through contact or finish through contact. You know what I mean? Because I mean this is like a grown man's league, you know, and they're playing against guys who, you know, have been doing this for years you know, doing this their whole lives. And, um, you know, so it, it can be, you know, a bit like crazy when you think about it. But, um, you know, that, that added strength did help me a lot um, going into it and just, just kind of helps your mindset, you know. It just gives you like the extra boost of confidence. Like, you know, I can do this. Baze, I kind of think of it like this. In baseball, batters will put like a weight on their bat when they're practice swinging so that when they get up to the plate, the bat feels lighter when they're actually swinging. They feel, they mm-hmm. feel like they're swinging it faster, harder, quicker. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, you know, just having that kind of extra muscle, having that gone through that physical rigor makes you feel like when you're actually out there on the court, you can do things with, with more force and physicality. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah that's a good way to put it. That's how it feels sometimes, yeah. One thing I noticed, Baze, just over the course of the year with you, and I seems like maybe it was something you worked on, but I'd love to just hear from you. Your, your first step, uh, you really vary it up with the way that you, you use that left foot with the jab step. Sometimes you use that long stride with the left to get into the lane. Sometimes you, you jab step and then you go right or do the step back. How much work went into you know, just kind of getting that move right and, and getting into the triple threat position and being able to do a lot of different things um, with your jab step? Yeah. Um, for me, I, like when I first started uh, like really playing, I shouldn't say when I first started really playing, but in high school, I like, you know, I utilized that a lot. And I mean, I didn't go to college, obviously. So like when I came from high school to, to the NBA, like that was something that I used a lot. Um, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it just came to the point where I had to make a quicker decision, you know, and, and at first I used to, you know, just kind of like wait and hold the ball and see, you know, what my defender was going to do or whatever. Um, so, so I've always had it, um, but, but me and BK, um, we put in like a lot of work, you know, during the course of the season, um, you know, to 
because like you said, like I have a pretty quick first step. And so me and BK, like we put in a lot of work to, um, you know, to like to, to use the most, you know, uh, like to get the most out of me being in triple threat. Just for our listeners at home, BK is short for Brian Keep, Thunder's assistant coach. Um, Darius, you mentioned just, you know, not having gone to college and having some of this, you know, be very, fairly new to you and having to work with BK on these sort of things. From a, a mentality standpoint, you know, having not gone through college and then having this particular NBA playoff experience, you know, with no fans or, you know, just this new environment, new experience. How was that for you just kind of getting all of this, having not had that college experience of maybe like a March Madness or something like that? Yeah. Um, I, at the end of the day, for me, it's, it's all basketball, you know, so like, I mean, not having any fans definitely like it sucked you know um but at the same time i think for me it kind of helped a bit because like you're not as like nervous you know and so um for me it it kind of helped like it kind of felt like an open gym but like really really organized and competitive so um, and I, and I say open gym just because there's no fans, you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no fans. It's just like basketball. Um, but that's the way I try to think of it. You know, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's just basketball, you know, fans or no fans, you know, it's just basketball. But I mean, it definitely was a unique experience. And probably one of the most intense open gyms, <laughs> most serious open gyms ever that you could probably experience. Darius, okay. one of the things that was a, a very big topic of discussion for kind of everybody in the league, and especially for the Thunder as well, was voting and getting involved in voting. And we learned that, you know, you're registered to vote uh, during the NBA restart. Do you feel like that that's kind of a, a rite of passage for you now that you, you know, you're registered to vote? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, for some people, it's like, you know, when they're old enough, when they turn 21, so they can drink, you know what I mean? Or for some people, it's like, oh, I, I turned, you know, 18, or I'm going to college, I can move out of my parents' house. Uh, you know, for me, this is like, this is one of them. Um, you know, I, I now am registered to vote. Um, I kind of think that's like a grown-up thing. Like, when I was younger, I always thought like, you know, that's like what grownups do. Like, it's like a, like a grown up, you know, kind of thing. And this is one of those marks for me where it's like, you know, like one of my, you know, grown up marks. Um, but Chris, he talked about voting, like, like he was talking about the pick and roll. Like <laughs> it's, I mean, it's all like we would get done playing and he would be, you know, like taking off his jersey out of nowhere, just be like, just asking guys, you know, you registered to vote and get into telling stories like, man, it's crazy, you know, and just talking about voting and voting. And so like, I, you know, just, just hearing Chris, um, you know, just hearing him like express the importance of it, um, you know, and, and what it means, um, you know, it, it kind of, it, it made me want to, you know, get registered and, and to vote um, just 
just because like actually knowing, you know, what, like what it is and, you know, what my vote means, um, it, it made me actually want, want to. It seems like um, just, you know, a lot of the discussion uh, this, this cycle has been about, you know, I remember when I was 18 too, just being excited about having the right to vote, but also now so much of the discussion is about the responsibility that comes with that right to vote and that, you know, all of us as citizens kind of have that responsibility on our shoulders. Yeah, Uh, definitely. Um, With, you know, the coming of age to, you know, vote and getting registered, um, like you said, the responsibility, um, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And, uh, you know, I think everyone's vote does matter, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things. I've I seen something and someone was basically saying, you know, like some people have the mindset, you know, like it's just one vote, you know, but if everyone thinks that way, you know, then you take however many people and now you take their votes out of it, you know, and now it's not just one vote, you know, it's, it's you and amongst others, you know, who have that same mindset and choose not to vote, you know, that, that could have made that difference. Um, so there's definitely a responsibility there to vote. Yeah. I know when I was growing up, I didn't really think about, you know, the responsibility when it comes to voting or even like you mentioned, kind of that adding that to the list of milestones, like 16 car, 18 vote, 21, I can go buy a drink. But, you know, yeah. growing up, I didn't have that. I'm curious, did you have already that when you were growing up, that kind of mindset that when I'm 18, I can register to vote? Not at all. Um <laughs> Like I said, it, it, I mean, it, it really wasn't, you know, big to me or, you know, really important until, um, until now, you know, like I, 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 if it wasn't for all of this, I wouldn't have, I probably still, you know, wouldn't be registered. I still wouldn't be, you know, educated on it. Um, you know, it's just not something, you know, I, I thought about me or, you know, like my friends, the people I was around, you know, it was just like, like you said, like 16 car, you know, 18, I don't know. Like we, I don't know, just, just growing up, you know, I just, I'm just like a high school kid. Like I'm just, you know, just going through it, going to school, playing basketball. That was it. Well, Darius, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. We really enjoyed getting a chance to catch up with you. Thank you. It was good talking to you guys again. Yeah, man. Uh, stay too. safe. Who knows when we'll we'll see you next. <laughs> when we'll all be back, uh, you know, covering practices and whatnot. But hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. yeah. Good luck getting your your new house all fixed up. Thank you. Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing for the Thunder right now as an organization is Thunder Vote. This is an initiative that the Thunder has been working on ever since the beginning of the NBA restart. They've been very proactive about this entire effort to really raise awareness and increase voter registration. And there are really several ways that the Thunder is making this possible, but the cornerstone of it is using Chesapeake Energy Arena for voter registration drives. And Nick, you and I have been to a couple of these. They're really great kind of all-encompassing events where you can get a lot done. Yeah, every Saturday up until that October 9th deadline, 
and it, they've been from 10 to one and we've had a good time, Paris. It's been kind of cool to see people kind of walk in. They've come over from scissor tail park. Some of them when they've seen uh, some of the signage of what's going on. Uh, we've gotten to know some um, pretty interesting people. We've been taking pictures in front of the big vote uh, sign and all that, you know, it's been a good time. And the other thing about this too, uh, the other aspect of Thunder Vote is that they're also taking this registration drive into the community. So there are going to be three big community events coming up throughout Oklahoma City and even one in Tulsa as well. So be sure to go to okcthunder.com slash thundervote for all of those details. We'll be sure to put that link in the show notes. Nick, I don't know about you, but what made me look throughout both of these registration drives that we've been to so far is just how easy it is to register to vote and even request an absentee ballot. I think we can get a little bit caught up in, you know, the six syllables that go into voter registration and think that it is this long taxing process, but that is not the case at all. First of all, nice job figuring out how many syllables are in there on the fly. Uh, Second, you're exactly right. Most of the people that we've seen, it's taken them, what, like two minutes mm-hmm. to get through all of this. Most of the information that you need is already up there in your noggin. And so it's very easy to go in, type some stuff into the, the computer, and you're pretty much done. And we had a whole Thunder Cares cast dedicated to the Thunder's first voter registration drive. And it was so simple that our very own producer, Hindi, got in on the action, requested an absentee ballot, took him all of a minute and a half. And the toughest part was honestly choosing all of the squares with a stoplight in them (laughs) to make sure that you're not a robot or anything like that in order to submit the request. It was painless and honestly a little bit mindless as well. Yeah, well, you know, I'm glad now that we have proof that producer Hindi is not a robot because the way that he pumps out these podcast episodes, one would think he's machine-like. I was going to go with out of this world, you know? It is now that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. And these Thunder Vote events have certainly blessed all of our timelines. So be sure to stay posted on all OKC Thunder social media accounts for all of the updates on the Thunder Vote activities. But Nick, like we mentioned, you and I have been at a lot of these different events and heard some incredible stories from different people about why they're registering to vote and their reason for coming into some of these events. Which one has stuck out to you the most? Well, Paris, I, I first want to say, you know, we have a very fortunate job that when we're at the arena, we get to talk to all sorts of fans that come in and they want to talk about Thunder basketball. And um, it's been really interesting and cool to go out and meet some people in Oklahoma City in this type of setting where they're not necessarily as focused on what's going on with the NBA or hoops or whatever, but figuring out how they can make their voices heard. And so it's been very cool to connect with these people on a, on a different, in a different type of human level. The, the person that I would say that I've really enjoyed getting to know and talking to is a guy named Terry Monday, who works for Perry Broadcasting, grew up in Oklahoma city, went to Langston, uh, was a basketball player and has come back and is working as a vice president just blocks away from where he grew up in a big time local business 
that was helping out with voter registration efforts uh, in, over the past couple of weeks. So uh, I just thought that was a very cool story about somebody, you know, planting their flag in Oklahoma City. Uh, this is a guy who's extremely talented, could be, you know, working in the media, radio industry, all sorts of places, and chose to make his home uh, the best that he could possibly make it. That is the perfect story of just like Oklahoma success, just going up through Langston, growing up right down the street from Perry Broadcasting as well. That, that was an incredible story. I, I did like that one. The one that really stuck out to me was we were actually at this event at Wheeler Park for Voto Latino and Rock the Native Vote, where they teamed up to hold a voter registration drive. There were thunder drummers there. There were storm chasers there. And they were, you know, giving out fry bread and tamales. And it was just this really fun atmosphere. But having spoken to the director of Rock the Native Vote. His name is Reverend Dr. David Wilson. And just hearing, you know, his passion about making sure that not just his personal, you know, Native American community is aware of their right and their responsibility to vote, but also making sure that they team up with Vota Latino to make sure that the Latinx community is also engaged in the process as well. That was certainly one of the events that has really stuck out in my head. And I think it's, it's really um, great to see just kind of what's happening all over Oklahoma City, not just, you know, in the arena, but different events and different people really pushing to make sure that people are registered to vote in their, their respective communities. That's been really great to see. Yeah, Reverend Dr. Wilson is very similar to Terry Monday, who I mentioned earlier. This is a guy who about 18 years ago uh, was at an event and he heard uh, a local legislator tell the story about how um, there are other politicians that didn't feel like they needed to court the Native American vote because, uh, in, in their words, Native Americans in Oklahoma didn't vote at, at high rates. And that really inspired uh, Wilson to, again, plant his flag where he was and find a way to make a difference, make a change, make his community better around him. And I just find that really cool and inspiring um, that people look at their own backyards and say, what can I do to make things better right around me in the area that I can touch? That's all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.